This week on The Real Men Talk Show, we have a fascinating talk with Harvest Ovalis about Africans in the Bible. Fascinatingly, a lot of key people in the Bible were actually African, not European. Plus, a special song from Mark Hairston at one of our breaks on The Real Men Talk Show. Check it out. Frank, how about that Super Bowl, huh? Oh, <laughs> what Super Bowl? The Chiefs didn't show up. <laughs> you know, the Bucks Super Bowl. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Quite a game. You got it. Quite Brady, a game. Brady's uh, perfect number seven. Yes. And he had a he had a completion uh, the other day, right? Didn't he throw the Super Bowl trophy from a boat? <laughs> yeah. In the celebration parade? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we just had friends. Uh, Harvest, um, uh, who you call it? Um, Adra. Uh, she posted something. They were on a boat watching uh, the parade was in the water. Oh, cool. Yeah, Harvest Harvest Ovalis is with us. Welcome to the Real Men Talk Show. Um, Hello, as usual, since we, we are not live on the radio now. So, well, actually, we are, but it's a, it's pre-recorded. Thank you, Indie Jams Radio, for putting us on. Thank you for listening to us if you're checking us out on the podcast. Um, but we like to keep it loose and fun and, and relaxed. Um, this is being recorded, uh, early February, 2021. And being that we are so close to Champa Bay where they have the city of champions. <laughs> um, I had to mention, you know, the, the Super Bowl. harvest. Thank you so much for joining us yet again. All right. So an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you, man. You always have so much interesting interesting information it is harvest ovalis i'm not going to screw your name up <laughs> i'm not going to uh we are on zoom your name is big and bold on the screen in front of me so <laughs> I, I, every every episode that he's on uh, i insult this man and, and just screw up his name but he's so he is he is so gracious um and i guess you're used to it right oh yes since i was a kid absolutely it's old news. Okay. So it's Black History Month, and we have an interesting topic. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, African Africans in the Bible or Black history in the Bible. But being that it is uh, Black History Month, and I'm old school, uh, when I was raised, we had these Black history figures just drilled into our minds. Um, I grew up, I was a kid of the early 70s, and we had just gotten out of well, in the throes of the civil rights movement. So it was a big black power era. And um, there was so much pride about being black that at my church every year, we had to know who these folks were in black history, Frederick Douglass, and um, just so many different people, Carter G. Woodson, George Washington Carver, all these different names in black history that otherwise we wouldn't know about. So I have a couple of interesting facts on some black history um, figures. Uh, first of all, George Washington Carver, he was a master inventor. Yes. Yeah. And he was big in um, agriculture, but it turns out he came up with over a hundred different uses of the peanut, peanut, including he figured out how to make gasoline out of a peanut. Mm. Wow. Um, he also uh, advised uh, Teddy Roosevelt and Teddy Roosevelt got in trouble because he, he invited a black man to the White House. So Carter G. Woodson was the only black man invited to the White House by 
Teddy Roosevelt, because after that, it was squashed. They had a fit. And he advised Mahatma Gandhi on agricultural issues and agricultural stuff. So he was a big mm-hmm. deal. Big, big deal. Yeah. Uh, here's one that you guys definitely know. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So much information out on him and what he did. But did you know he attended Booker T. Washington High School and they said he was very precocious and playful, probably because he was a genius. He was so smart. He he skipped both ninth and 11th grade and he entered college, Morehouse College, at the age of 15. Mm -hmm. Wow. Didn't know that. Yeah. Another gentleman named Garrett Morgan. Uh, this guy, uh, super inventor. He he only had an elementary school education, but he began his career his career as a sewing machine mechanic. He went on to patent several inventions inventions, including he improved the sewing machine. He also improved the traffic signal. Uh, he developed a hair straightening product, and he made. The pretty much the modern gas mask. Everything is blueprinted after what Garrett Morgan designed. Wow. Um, and then lastly, uh, this is a well, well-known one, uh, Harriet Tubman. Yes. Who uh, led people through the Underground Railroad. But between 1850 and 1860, 10 years, she made 19 trips from Maryland to Pennsylvania, 90 miles no, no train, all by foot, pretty much foot and horse. Incredible. Um, she guided 300 people, including her family, from Maryland to Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. 90 miles, this little tiny black woman. Hmm. So, and yeah. there's so many, so many, so many stories, but Harvest, I wanted to guide you and let you go ahead and, and lead us in your teachings about, um, you know, black people and in, in, in the Bible. So if you can go ahead and start, I appreciate it. Sure, sure. You know, it says in Galatians 3.28, there's neither Jew nor Greek or bond or free or male or female. We're all one in Christ. And I totally believe that in terms of our salvation is concerned. Um, however, it doesn't mean that we negate the culture that we've come from and the color of our skin. Uh, Paul made it very clear in uh, Philippians 3.5. He said, I was circumcised the eighth day on the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. And so um, he is the one who wrote Galatians. And so he said, when it comes to salvation, our relationship with God, there's no one race that's superior to another. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he took pride in the fact of who he was and where he came from. And so I think it's important for that reason. And so it was a particular uh, uh, revelation personally for me. Well, I remember going, you know, as a kid, I would go to Puerto Rico. I'm half Puerto Rican and half Dominican. So mm-hmm. as a kid, we would go to the Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic. And it would always just be the family's house. But uh, years later, uh, after I so, married my wife. Sorry to interrupt. Does that no, mean go ahead. you are New York, New York, Puerto Dominican? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. I was born in Manhattan and raised in the Bronx. There you go. And so, but every time I'd visit, it would always just be visiting family. But years later, when I uh, was married uh, and uh, and I, I wound up going on a regular basis, uh, just as a tourist and just enjoying the land. And when I went to Old San Juan, I saw a statue 
It's in Osan Juan, there's a fountain there. And on top of the statue, uh, excuse me, there's like a column. And on top of the column, there's um, a Puerto Rican. And mm-hmm. then on the bottom of the column, it, it's a surrounded by the cultures that comprise the Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. So they showed the European conquistador, mm-hmm. okay, which is where we get the, lang- the, the Spanish language from and, and mm-hmm. the, and you know, the, the white uh, um, Caucasian color. Mm-hmm. And then there was a Taino Indian that was native to the island when they arrived there. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the African slave that was brought in from Africa. So the, mm-hmm. so the Puerto Ricans comprise of those three cultures. Right. And then in Dominican Republic, I don't know if you know this, but the Dominican Republic was the first country in the Western Hemisphere to free the African slaves. Really? I did not know that. It was the first, yeah, it was the first nation in the whole Western Hemisphere. And they began to intermarry mm. um, uh, very early. And that's why when I tell people I'm Dominican, I think you don't look Dominican because right. stereotypically Dominicans are very dark skinned. Mm. And so I, I my, my, my nephew is black, my grandmother was very dark skinned uh, have cousins that are black as can be you wouldn't know mm. if they were spanish until they begin to speak mm-hmm. and so it, it's 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 been a part of my culture so i it was very uh uh i was just very impressed and very encouraged about wanting to really search out my roots mm-hmm. and so when we talk about african christianity we talk about the impact that this group of people and this terrain this land has had in Christianity, in the Bible. And it Mm. starts all the way in Genesis, Wow! in the garden. It talks about in Genesis chapter two, it says there was a river that flowed out of Eden and it it watered the whole garden. And it it was broken up into four tributaries. And the second one was the one I want to highlight, the second one, which is called um, the Gihon. Mm -hmm. And it encompasses the whole land of Ethiopia. Now the Gihon is the ancient name for the river for the Nile River. Mm. So we see even in the very beginning, we see how Africa had uh, an influence even in Christianity, mm. even in, in as far as the Bible is concerned. Now it goes through a whole history there of what happens, but then there's a flood, mm-hmm. and Noah winds up escaping with his three sons, a mm-hmm. party of eight. And when the flood subsided, his three sons had th- headed to three different directions. Shem, which was the father of the Semitic people, the browns and the yellows, they wanted populating Asia. Mm-hmm. Japheth went up to Europe and populated Europe. Hmm. And then Ham stayed in the southern part, in the, I should say the western part of the Middle East and went down into Africa. And that's where we have the beginning of the African peoples was, wow. was from Ham, the son of Noah. He had several sons and mm-hmm. one of his sons was Mizraim. And Mizraim is the Hebrew word for Egypt. Hmm. Now, when I say Egypt, I don't want you to think of the political boundary of the country as it exists today. Mm -hmm. Mizraim literally means upper and lower perimeters. Hmm. And so a lot of times when a scripture mentions Egypt or Mizraim, it's referring to the entire continent, not just the the political country that we know of today. He had another son named Put, and Put became modern-day Libya. And Libya, uh, history tells us, was the father of the Cyrenians, the Carthaginians, and the Berbers. And the combination of those comprised of the Moors. And mm. the Moors are the ones that were a very mighty army, and they, mm-hmm. they took over uh, Sicily and mm-hmm. Spain. And so that's where we have a lot of dark-skinned people that wow. live in, um, in, uh, in Sicily as well mm-hmm. as in Spain as well. Wow. 
And so, uh, and, and then we have Canaan, and Canaan was the father of Melchizedek. Melchizedek mm-hmm. uh, was a very famous character in Genesis. I mean, Abraham, uh, Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. Hmm. The writer of Hebrews talks about Melchizedek, and Melchizedek, uh, his name, the Bible tells us, means king of Salem, which is where we get Jerusalem from, hmm. and also Jebus, which is where we get the Jebusites from. So anytime you see the Jebusites in scripture, you're going to see uh, a mention that that's all derived from the sons of Canaan, who are the sons of Ham. So this is all African. Wow. And then, of course, we have Cush. Mm-hmm. Cush was another son. And Cush, his name literally means burnt face. And that's not an insult, but that's simply describing because a lot of times in Hebrew, their names would be a prophecy, a description of who they were. Mm-hmm. And so it, it even tells us, and even in his name, how dark skin he was. Mm-hmm. And he was the father of Nimrod. And Nimrod was a mighty hunter, the Bible talks about. And he was the founder of the city of Babel in the country of Babylon. He was a tremendous architect and and ruler. Ham had other sons. He had Yemen and he had Sudan, which is a modern day, which literally in the Hebrew is Nubia. Mm. We ever heard of Nubian princess Mm -hmm. uh, and Ethiopia. Wow. And so these are bush savages like we see in 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 movies growing up yeah tarzan movies right these are builders these are farmers these are emperors these are kings these are queens they're architects they're mathematicians they're scientists they're doctors they're artists they're warriors they're mystics there's priests and they're prophets it's amazing so um you mentioned nimrod and i know that's used as a insult a lot of times um, they would call someone a Nimrod to to know that he was just a a builder and an architect. That's that's phenomenal. Oh yeah, I mean they may say that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean there are a lot of people, for example, that were uh, may have been evil in in history, mm-hmm. uh, but they obviously had to be brilliant to be able to accomplish a lot of the things that they did. Mm-hmm. I know people get into a lot of trouble when they say that, uh, for example, Hitler was was. Um, was brilliant, but he was. There's no way he could have taken a country that was in poverty, right? The way it was after World War One, and um, and become the greatest uh, nation during World War Two, and almost destroy the United, you know, all of Europe. Now he was demon possessed. There's no question about it. Just yes. because you're brilliant doesn't mean that you're sane and you're saved. That's definitely yes. not the case. Yes. So Nimrod was not actually a good guy, but still mm-hmm. he accomplished a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, today, Iran is still in existence today. Wow. You know, that's all, a, you know, a, a result of that. So his legacy lives on. Hmm. Okay. So, Frank, what kind of, what kind of, um, how did this hit you when you started hearing these different facts? Well, I mean, I was just excited because you, like you said, you're, you grow, you're growing up and it's, everything's portrayed, you know, one way. You know, we're, t- we're taught like, uh, you know, our Western cultures here just taught like, um, this is the way it is. Every picture that you see, you know, every painting that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, God is, <laughs> God created the whole human race. Yeah. And God loves every individual and salvation is for every individual. So, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. It's just like many things that, that, you know, you're taught one way and then you discover it's like when I grew up, you know, just for example, I grew up as a, as a Catholic, 
mm -hmm. know, and then, you know, I, I get saved and, and I go deeper into the things of God. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my family's like, no, 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 we're Catholic. And I'm like, well, this is not what it says. Right. This is, you know, this is what I was taught to believe. Right. But now I, I don't only go to church. Mm -hmm. We are the church. Right. And I'm a child of God and I know God and I have a relationship with him. Right. And so, you know, that's the same thing with it. I mean, it's just it would it, be it's so interesting when you really get into it, and the way that Harvest breaks it down. Every culture that that exists today, every race that exists today was not a mistake, was not a has been. It's it, it was God's purpose mm -hmm. and God's plan. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's so good to see, you know, this all coming to light. This is fascinating. Uh, can you continue, Harvest? Sure, absolutely. When we look at Abraham, I mean, the Jews, for example, um, uh, actually, even the Muslims, they consider Abraham the father of the faith. And so now he was Semitic. So he wasn't of the sons of Ham. However, when it came time when his wife, his beautiful wife passed away, he purchased a plot of land for her from the Hittites. And so the Hittites were the sons of Canaan. So the very first piece of property that was purchased out of the promised land came from African people. Hmm. Wow. And so um, Hagar, it says that now Sarah was Abraham's wife and she was barren. She couldn't have any kids. Right. And so she um, so she uh, encouraged her husband to to have relations with her handmaiden. Now, Hagar was an Egyptian. Hmm. So she was so she was African. And so that means that Ishmael um, was both Semitic and African. Hmm. And so he's a huge character in the Bible. Um, Jacob, when it came time, when there was a famine in the land, where did he go for sustenance? The Bible tells us in Genesis 41 and 42 that he sent his 10 sons down to Africa. Now, of course, the scripture says Egypt, but mm -hmm. again, Egypt is not the political boundaries that we think of in our mind. It literally means upper and lower perimeters. Mm -hmm. But regardless, even the today's political boundary of a country of Egypt is still in Africa. And so God could have sent them anywhere, but God had them come to Egypt, to Africa, because that's where the sustenance was going to be from. Right. And so the people of promise received their sustenance from Africa. Amazing. And now, now, Jacob's um, son, Joseph, as we know from the story, wound up living in and growing up in, in, um, in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Well, he married Asenath. And Asenath was the daughter of an African Egyptian priest. Wow. And so when it came time for him to receive his inheritance from his father, Jacob, he goes, listen, I don't, I don't even need my inheritance. You can give it to my two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Mm -hmm. So Ephraim and Manasseh became part of the 12 tribes of Israel. They each had half a tribe. Mm -hmm. so, two, so one whole tribe of, of, of the nation of Israel was half Semitic from Joseph and half African from their mother, Asenath. Mm -hmm. So we see that in the roots there. Mm -hmm. We move on to Moses. Moses was Semitic, but he married Zipporah. Mm -hmm. And Zipporah was Ethiopian. Huh. She was black. In fact, that actually um, caused some problems with his sister later on. And God mm -hmm. dealt with his sister. Mm -hmm. When it came time that Moses's, Moses had to... Um, I guess in today's modern terms, pastor of millions of people, mm -hmm. um, um, he was just wearing himself out. Well, who did he get his insight into how to structure and organize and bring order in church government mm -hmm. from his father-in-law Jethro, who mm -hmm. was Ethiopian? Hmm. And Moses's son Gershom and um, Eleazar, uh, Eleazar, 
were obviously half Semitic from their father Moses and half right. African from their mother Zipporah. So this is this is all throughout scripture. Even David, mm-hmm. David talks about in Psalm 68, he says, uh, I love this verse, it's really powerful. In Psalm 68, 31, it says, Princes shall come out of Egypt, and Ethiopia shall soon stretch out her hands to God. And that word prince in the Hebrew literally means leaders. And Egypt, of course, is Mizraim, which is upper and lower perimeters of Africa. Mm-hmm. And Ethiopia in the original Hebrew is Cush, which means black. So how it actually reads would be leaders will come out of Africa and those who are black will soon stretch out their hands to God. So here David is prophesying about the influence of of what God's going to do through the blacks and through the Africans in the world. Amazing. Later on, we'll take a quick break. Sure. This is all fascinating. Um, Man. You, you always have so much information, Harvest. I don't know how you keep it in that brain, man. This is amazing <laughs> stuff. Uh, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. We'll be right back. This is The Real Man Talk Show. Love the classic movies? Well, 24 Flicks has you covered. You can watch some of your favorite movies and TV shows you've known and loved. Watch anytime and anywhere and as many times as you want. Simply go to 24flicks.com and start watching now. 24 Flicks is your home for unlimited, family-friendly, on-demand videos. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Bishop Derek Triplett, BDT. Listen, I want the fellas to join the Gentleman's Club. The Gentleman's Club, not that kind of Gentleman's Club. Listen, go to DerekTriplett.com and join the Gentleman's Club. What is the club? It's just a group of men. I want to see as many men who are willing to commit to treating women like a gentleman. We've got the 12 points of the Gentleman's Club Code of Commitment. Go to DerekTriplett.com if you agree with the 12 just join you can join our uh, private facebook group that will be getting started with some discussions uh in just a few couple of weeks and guess what just for joining you get my new mini ebook gifts to my son five lessons that i taught my son listen fathers uncles coaches all mentors of young men this resource is going to be a great 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 resource for you and notice what i said it is a mini ebook it is short download it straight to your phone and it's free it is my free gift to you for joining the gentleman's club go to DerekTriplett.com, join the gentleman's club thanks fellas all good entertainment is central florida's premier christian djs providing all types of music for all types of people for all types of events that's all good, all good entertainment. entertainment. When the music really matters, and it always does, all good entertainment will be there to help make your event a success. Birthday parties, wedding receptions, anniversaries, church functions, or family reunions, you name it, we got it. Call and reserve your date today, 407 247 3939. That's 407 247 3939. Blessing your event with the gift of music. That's all good all entertainment. Good entertainment. All right, guys, this is something special. My buddy, Mark Hairston from the D.C. area, talking about sexual immorality. Check it out. My sexual immorality. It's a big, big wrong. 
going to be so delivered from pornography but you find yourself wanting to see more now to be looked at you think nothing is wrong cause on the outside it looks like you got it all going on always the first one to say amen tell everybody to repent but behind closed doors you keep falling Christianity. I had to restart because I butchered Harvest's name. Once again, Harvest Ovalis. Um, I'm not going to let that go out. So I had to do a retake, man. I'm not going to do it again. Um, this is some fascinating, fascinating history information uh, from the Bible. So you had mentioned David uh, in Psalm 68, talking about leaders would be coming from Africa and Cush. Um, if you could continue, appreciate it. Sure. Yeah. Leaders will come out of Africa and those who are black will soon lift up their hands to God. Amazing. And so he was prophesying here that there would be a coming movement that God would do through uh, the African people that would affect all the world. Mm. And we see that David, although David was Semitic, um, uh, he, he did have an affair with a beautiful woman named Bathsheba. Mm -hmm. Well, I know if you look at the movies, they always have... Um, you know, a Caucasian woman playing Bathsheba, mm -hmm. but Bathsheba was a Hittite who was descendant of Ham. Mm -hmm. So she probably looked a little more like Leela Rashan, you know, than she did, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, some, you know, some other uh, well-known actress, but I'm saying right. the point is that she, she was colored. Mm. And so, and if that's the case, then we know that Solomon was half Semitic, half Brown and half black. Wow. Because his mother was Bathsheba. Wow. Now, Solomon, of course, had a thousand women, and we know that from the thousand women, uh, 300 wives, 700 concubines, mm -hmm. um, that from that thousand, um, group of thousand women, that he, he took wives from the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, the Zidonians, and the Hittites, all descendants of Ham. Mm. So there was a, a, a massive group from that thousand that were of African descent. 
Now, although it doesn't say in scripture, history tells us that when the Queen of Sheba, although she, the scripture does tell us the Queen of Sheba came to visit Solomon, but what it doesn't tell us is that they wound up having um, a relationship. And as a result of the relationship, the, they had a son named Menelik. Mm-hmm. And so during, later on in Solomon's um, administration, he winds up backsliding. Uh, that's the term we kind of use in church when people mm-hmm. fall away from their relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And he began to worship and serve other gods. Well, the Queen of Sheba was so moved and impressed by what Solomon did that she converted to um, the God of Israel. And so she raised her son Menelik in the ways of how Solomon had taught. But they lived, they went back, you know, because she was a queen, she went back to her country. Mm-hmm. Well, years later, history tells us that when Menelik came to visit his father Solomon, he found his father Solomon in a fallen state. And he asked his father, this is how legend reads it and how history tells it, for the Ark of the Covenant. And his father gave it to him. So Menelik took it and brought it over into um, Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. And legend has it that the Ark of the Covenant is still there. Now, whether or not that's true, I don't know. Right. But that's how legend reads it. But the point is the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the very presence of God, mm-hmm. found its way back into Africa. Hmm. You know, another book in the Bible, uh, so- Solomon wrote several books. And mm-hmm. one of the books is Song of Solomon. And right. um, there are three ways that that book is taught. All three, I believe, are correct. On a, spirit, on a, on a physical level, if you read the actual Hebrew words, it's actually um, uh, a handbook on sexual intimacy between a husband and wife. It's very explicit in the Hebrew. Hmm. Um, the interpreters, um, I guess, were a little shy on translating a lot of the words. <laughs> um, on, a, on a soulish level, it's, um, it represents, uh, you know, how, uh, well, on a, on a spiritual level is what I really want to get to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a picture of Christ and the bride. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Song of Solomon, uh, it, it's a picture of Christ and the bride. And it's, it's interesting because it says in Song of Solomon 1.5, the, the Shulamite bride says, I am black and I am lovely. Wow. So it's interesting that uh, in the book that pictures the bride of Christ, it's not a blonde hair, blue, blue-eyed girl. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Again, I'm not trying to elevate one over another. I'm simply reading scripture. But she says of herself, I am black and I am lovely. Wow. And so I think that's important when, when there's been a, 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 an oppression over people mm-hmm. and when they've been taught that they've been less than. Mm-hmm. And then as a result, they're offered um, false religions because supposedly this is a white man's religion and in this Christianity, they're, they're less than. And that's just not true. That's just not scriptural. And we don't see that. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, that's a very important thing to understand. Um, we look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah, one of the famous prophets, when he was imprisoned and he literally, he was, his prison wasn't like a jail cell, like, you know, where they have like on 33rd Street here in Orlando. Mm-hmm. But um, they actually left him in a, in a cistern. So, I mean, he was just sitting amongst, in dung, in urine. Mm-hmm. And it was disgusting. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how he didn't get infections. Maybe he did. But the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 38 and 39 that he was rescued by an Ethiopian eunuch named Abedmelech. Abedmelech, I should say. Abedmelech is how we pronounce it. Mm-hmm. And so it, God used an Ethiopian eunuch to rescue the prophet. And the last several prophecies that were written by Jeremiah at the end of that book, of the book of Jeremiah, they were written while he was in Africa. 
Hmm. And we have, you know, what we call the old in the Old Testament. There's the prophets, and and there's they're divided into the major prophets and the minor prophets. And one of the minor prophets, and what makes it major and minor has nothing to do with importance. It's just the amount mm-hmm. of messianic prophecies, the context. Mm-hmm. But one of those books is a book called Zephaniah. Mm-hmm. And in Zephaniah one one, he says something about himself. He says, "The word of the Lord which came unto Zephaniah the son of Cush." Hmm. So Zephaniah was black. Mm. I mean, I, I was never taught that in Bible college, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they kept that out. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. They kept that out. So Harvest, in, we, we are, are running short on time. Sure. Um, any other highlights you'd like to hit? Are there any um, indications in the new Testament? That's uh, where I was going to go to next. Okay. So you stopped me, but um, it was imperative in Matthew that when the, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, he told mm-hmm. them, Hey, you need to escape take your, take your, um, this your, this woman and this child and flee mm. to Egypt. Right. Okay. So they could be fulfilled that they would be in Egypt. That's, that's Matthew chapter two and verse uh, 13. Mm-hmm. And so they departed and went to Egypt. And it was there that God spoke to uh, Joseph to go there in a dream. And in the dream, God told them to return. Also, the Bible that Jesus quotes from mm-hmm. was the Septuagint, which is a Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible that was done in Alexandria, which is in Egypt. Egypt. Hmm. Also, the Gospel of Mark. You know hmm. where Mark was born? Mark was African. Hmm. He was born in Libya. Wow. The man that carried Jesus' cross, Mark uh, chapter 15, verse 21, mm-hmm. was a certain man, the Bible says, mm-hmm. Simon, a Cyrenian. He was the one who bore the cross for Jesus while well, he was African. Hmm. On the day of Pentecost, when the when the um, when the Jews came from all around the world, it mentioned seventeen different nations. Three of them were from Africa. Wow. Um, Philip, when he goes down to Samaria, he has this huge revival in Acts chapter eight, where the Spirit whispers in his ear and says, "Listen, I want you to go to desert because it's a, it's imperative that you speak to one person." And it was an Ethiopian eunuch. So the Ethiopian eunuch, when he received that word and got baptized, went back to Africa and began to preach the gospel. One of the greatest churches in the old, in the New Testament, I'm gonna keep going until you tell me to stop. Is, <laughs> it's fascinating. Is <laughs> in Acts, me away. <laughs> in Acts chapter 13, it says, mm-hmm. now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, and it lists five different ministers, mm-hmm. one of them being Paul and the other one being Barnabas. So they were they were both Jews, they were Semitic. So mm-hmm. there were two Jews and it was one Greek. But mm-hmm. the other two ministers were black, Simon wow. called Niger and Lucius of Cyrenia, which is modern day Libya. Wow. And so you had a, a leadership that reflected the community in which they lived because Antioch was a multicultural city. Mm-hmm. Apollos, one, one, considered one of the greatest teachers in the New Testament, um, was born in Alexandria. He was born in Egypt. Hmm. So he was African. Um, first Peter. The Apostle Peter wrote First Peter while he was in Old Cairo. Wow. And so um, I guess so that pretty I'll, much wraps it up. I want to leave it open for any questions or any. Sure, sure. Um, I, I'd like to know um, how you uh, got to doing this research on this specific uh, thing. Uh, sure. Christians. When I was in school, um, I remember, you know, being taught history and during the times of the Renaissance, um, I remember uh, 
being uh, looking at art. And during the time of the Renaissance, Leonardo da Vinci had had painted a beautiful painting called The Last Supper. Right. And in this painting, Jesus was white and all the disciples were white. I just simply mm-hmm. accepted that as the way it was. Obviously, there was no photograph. It was a painting. But growing up in school, growing up in New York City, how we would travel would be for me would be in the subways. And I remember going down to the subway and um, people from Rastafarians or the Nation of Islam would be there selling artwork. And I remember one day looking at some of the art and they had the exact same painting of Leonardo da Vinci of the Last Supper. But instead of Jesus being white and all the disciples being white, they were all black. And I was like, well, I never thought about that. Yeah. Is he black or is he white? Does it really matter or does it not matter? And so that just sent me on a journey to uh, to just do research for myself and to find out what does the Bible have to say concerning that. Is And I realized that, you know, going all the way back to Noah, that all colors, all races, all descend from God. The Bible says that God doesn't have light. He is light. And light is comprised of all colors. Mm-hmm. However, you know, um, we do have people that are black. We do have people that are white and brown and yellow and red. And so... Um, and that's that's just part of the God's makeup. I mean, the, the the covenant is a rainbow, right? And so God is into color. It's not that one is more important than the other, but there's he he highlights different things, and 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 he loves the variety and the diversity. And you did mention the subway story already. Um, I'm just so blown away by all of this information. It's really opening um, just a new window of what these things. Uh, these images and people in the Bible uh, look like in my mind after having this new information. It's amazing. Um, if someone wanted to reach out to you or get some more information or, or even if you uh, would like to promote your business, um, go ahead and give us some info on how people can reach out to you and, and what you're up to. Um, sure. I have a, a YouTube channel of Ovagis Ministries or Ovalis okay. Ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also my email address, ovalisministries at gmail.com. Okay. And that would be the easiest way they can contact me. I do Fantastic. have a website, but it's under construction. So okay. either via YouTube or via email. Awesome. Awesome. And how do you spell Ovagis? Yeah. O-V-A-L-L. That's two L's, Frankie. Yes. O-V-A-L-L-E-S. <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome I'm, I'm so glad you have this stuff out on youtube now it's 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 great man this is like awesome information frank uh what are your thoughts man hey i just want to end it on a quote from cory booker okay i don't i don't want to be a race transcending leader i want to be deeply understood as a man as an african-american as a christian all that I am. Awesome. So awesome. Thank you everyone for listening. Harvest. I mean, I can't thank you enough. This is really fascinating. I'm going to send this to everybody. I know. Um, This is amazing. Amazing stuff. And I really appreciate you coming on with us yet again. It's an absolute honor. And sorry, I mispronounced your name one more time. (laughs) It's okay. Um, So guys, thank you guys for listening again. Uh, Look for us if you're listening to us on Indie Jams Radio. Uh, we are on podcasts, um, and all these episodes will be out on all your podcast perform uh, platforms. Um, you know, uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, all these different things—they're all out there. And if you're listening on podcasts, this airs every Wednesday at 8 p.m. on the TuneIn app on Indie Jams Radio. It's Indie I N D I E J A M Z 
Radio, 8 o'clock, Wednesday nights, every week. Thank you guys for listening, and God bless. The Real Man Talk Show is produced by 24 Flicks, producer Chris Cuff, executive producer Marty Jean-Louis. Copyright 2021.